God, this is one of my favorite times of the year. Get to have the prophet of our church in the house. And he is my friend. I've been his friend for, gosh, 30 years. He's aged and I haven't. Praise the Lord. And uh, I believe that God has a word for us. And I, I just, you know, when there is an anointing in the house, it does something. And so tonight, as the prophet of our church comes, we want to receive him as that prophet. We want to receive him as the gift that God has set in the midst of us. And so let's stand to our feet and let's give our friend of the house, Tim Bagwell, a good round of applause. Thank you. Let's give the Lord a great praise. Hallelujah. You know, that was pretty good. I, I, you know, that, that was fairly good. I mean, on a scale of one to ten, that might got you a seven and a half anyway. But I'm talking about Jesus tonight. I think we ought to give the King of Kings and the Lord of Lords a great clap offering and a great shout of victory tonight. Hallelujah. Praise God. Now that was a 10. Praise God. So good to see all of you. You can be seated. So good to see every one of you tonight. My wife sends her love. My sons are doing great. And my five perfect grandchildren are still perfect. I find no fault in them. I understand how God must look at us sometimes. <laughs> he just overlooks it. But uh, they all send their love and their regards, and it's an honor to be with you. I have been preaching and only believe for 32 years. And uh, I know that because uh, the first revival I held was the same year I relocated the ministry to Denver, and I've been there 32 years. And I've been your pastor's friend longer than that, and uh, that just means that him and I got acquainted in elementary school. <laughs> and... Uh, <laughs> But it's just always an honor and a privilege to be here. You are in one of the finest churches anywhere in the United States of America under integrous, godly leadership. And you ought to thank God for that every day of your life. Amen. Praise God, praise God. It's good to see Pastor Philip and his lovely wife. It's good to see uh, the great Archbishop L.D. Rossler here with us tonight and his beautiful wife and daughter. We're so glad you're here. And if I miss anybody, I'm sorry. That's just the breaks. And uh, we're glad you're all here tonight. And it's so great to see you. Uh, I'm going to preach these three nights. God gave me uh, a prophetic word that I believe was for our church at the concluding portions of uh, the year of 2016. And I began to preach this to our people. It was a seven or eight layered prophetic word and uh, it's simply entitled more. Everybody say more. more. And I'm only going to be able to touch on three aspects of it because I only have three nights, but I do have the entire series and it's uh, 10, I believe it's DVDs in here, 
Um, I hope it is. Yes, DVDs. It says so on the cover. DVD. So, uh, so there, it's a 10, 10 DVDs in this series. And God really gave me some incredible things for our congregation. And it's how we launched 2017 in Denver. And I really believe that he gave it to me for my people in Denver. But I'm in relationship with this church and have been for 32 years. So I feel like in a different sort of a way, you're my people too. Because I'm not a guest speaker here. I am in... I may see you once a year, but I'm in relationship with this house. And this word, uh, it's just simply entitled more. But I can't preach all of it to you in three nights. What took 10 weeks for me to preach in Denver, I can't do in three nights. But I am going to hit on three major points of this series. Tonight, I'm going to talk to you about uh, the opening message, really, that deals with the problem is not asking God for more, it's settling for less. So that's where we're going to start tonight. Tomorrow night, I want to preach to you about overflow in hard places, in essence, double for your trouble. And then on Wednesday night, I'm going to be praying with you. And on Wednesday night, I'm going to preach on a commanded blessing. And the message on Wednesday night, uh, operating in the prophetic, this word opened up something to me in the spirit about the commanded blessing over your life or the God said over your life and what it's going to do to create overflow and supernatural blessing and increase in all ways in your life. So tomorrow night, I want to preach about overflow from hard places or double for your trouble. And then Wednesday, I'm going to get into the commanded blessing. There is a commanded blessing over your life that if you will understand it, you will realize that commanded, God said, or prophetic blessing is your key to more. Everybody say, it's my key. And tonight, I'm just, this, this part of the series just is one of my favorite parts because God really began to speak to my spirit about how God's people have almost felt like there's something character-wise wrong with them if they're really believing for more. But you know, when I, when I was pulling up onto the property here tonight, I just, my mind flashed back over the 32 years that I preached here. Just give me just a moment. And I begin to think about being across the highway in the little building you were in then. Now, I, didn't, I wasn't here in the dirt floor garage when there was only Phyllis and a couple angels. Uh, but I, w- I was in the little building across on the other side of the freeway when, I mean, if you put 300 people in that building, you were sitting on top of each other. And then I remember the first building that was built over here and was a part of the dedication of that. Then I remember the expansion that you were in for several years and then this facility. And if there's ever a church that I believe understands with all the odds against you how God can do more, it's this church. Then I I, I remember speaking prophetically to your pastor about a ministry of signs, wonders, and miracles 
And he just didn't take that and say, oh, praise God, if you want to do it, do it. He went into fasting. He went into prayer because he wanted to see more souls saved. And he wanted to see more bodies healed. And he wanted to see more people delivered. He didn't want to settle for just what could happen, you might say, in this acreage. He wanted to believe God for more. And how many are glad you're part of a ministry that has not seen hundreds or thousands or hundreds of thousands, but you've seen millions of people come to Jesus Christ? That's because you have a pastor that believes God constantly for more. So then I walk into the sanctuary and he introduces me to one of your new staff members. It's the last name Kennedy, was that correct? Uh, uh, one of your new staff members uh, named Kennedy. And Pastor Dosick said he's helping me head up uh, soul winning. And we have seen, I, I think you said over a hundred souls come to Christ in the last few weeks. Why? Because your pastor wants to see more. Everybody say more. See, Jesus said in John 10, 10, I have come that you might have life and have it more abundantly. So I, I want you to open your Bibles with me this evening and I want to go to the book of Joshua, the 17th chapter. The book of Joshua, the 17th chapter, and we'll begin reading at the 14th verse. Let's honor God by standing for the reading of his word. And the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion to inherit, seeing I am a great people, forasmuch as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto? And Joshua answered them, If thou be a great people, then get thee up to the wood country, and cut down for thyself there in the land of Perizzites, and of the giants, if Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee. The children of Joseph said, the hill is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron. Both they who are in Beth Shem and her towns and they who are of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spake unto the house of Joseph even to Ephraim and to Manasseh, saying, Thou art a great people, and hast great power, and thou shalt not have one lot only. But the mountain shall be thine, for it is a wood, and thou shalt cut it down, and the outgoings of it shall be thine. For thou shalt drive out the Canaanites, though they have iron chariots, and though they be strong. Father, in the name of Jesus, anoint every ear to hear, every mind to perceive, and every heart to believe, and we declare it done in the name of Jesus. And everybody said, Amen. you may be seated. Everybody say more. more. Ephesians 3.20 said, Now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think according to the power that worketh in us. I want you to understand something tonight. God wants your life to operate in an overflow. And I'll, I'm going to talk about finances in this message, but I, I believe that there should be also an overflow financially, emotionally, spiritually, physically. In whatever dimension you're, you look at your life, you should not see just enough or less than enough. How many believe you should see more than enough? If we declare, God, thy will be done in earth 
as it is in heaven, that we have to understand now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all that we ask or think. I want you to stop and think, what is the most you have ever asked for or you have ever thought about having? Because it just said here, now unto him that is able to do exceeding abundantly above all. No matter what, if, let's, let's just put it into finances. If the most you have ever asked for is 10,000, God is ready to do more than that. Because it said anything that you've asked for or you have thought about, I'm ready to do more than that. Boy, it got quiet in here. Now, don't get quiet on me. I'm not as intellectual as Dr. Dosick. I do not have the profound eloquence that he walks in. So you're going to have to help me out a little bit, okay? Just breathe or something. So no, no matter what the largest thing is you've ever thought about, or ever asked for, it tells us that God is ready and is able to do exceeding and abundantly above all that we ask or think. And a lot of you have thought about some things you were afraid to ask for. You ever step back and say, oh, I, I, I've thought about being debt free, or I've thought about doing this, or I've thought about having that, or I've thought about, but you're almost afraid to declare it. But God said, I'm ready to do above what you've thought about and above what you've asked me for. How many are ready to step into some God-given more in your life? So here we have this story, or not, not story, but this account out of the book of Joshua. And it's the grandchildren, basically, or great-great-great-grandchildren of Joseph. Now, the name Joseph prophetically really has to do that Joseph was a fruitful vine. Because the last thing that Jacob did or Israel did before he went into eternity is he prophesied over all of his sons and all of the tribes. And the thing that he declared about Joseph was that he was a fruitful vine. And we understand when you look at Joseph he was one of the most profound men that we have in scripture, but everything Joseph put his hands to do overflowed. Everything he touched increased. Everything, if he got 10 of something, it became 100 of something. If there was one gold bar around Joseph, there would end up being 100 gold bars around him pretty soon. Are you following what I'm saying? He was a fruitful vine. He was a hundredfold kind of a man. He was a miracle kind of a man. And his children, uh, uh, basically, I believe spiritually, their DNA was to be fruitful vines. They came out of his spiritual lineage. So now Israel is in the promised land. You still with me? And they walk up to uh, Joshua and saying, okay, we know what you told us is ours. Because if you understand the progression that the land was split up between the different tribes and a lot of it had to do with the size of the tribes. It had to do with the productivity of the tribes. So what they received, they just marched up to Joshua and says, you know, uh, this isn't enough. We need more. 
And usually our carnal reaction to this kind of thing, well, who do they think they are? We kind of get the finger out and kind of, well, who, who does Ephraim and Manasseh think they are? And they mock up to God's man. And the children of Joseph said, the hill is not enough for us. And all the Canaanites that dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron. So they walk up and they tell him the hill is not enough for us. In the 14th verse, it said, And the children of Joseph spake unto Joshua, saying, Why hast thou given me but one lot and one portion to inherit? This isn't enough. What were they saying? We want more. Because we're a great people. Oh, now, we're talking about ego. We're a great people. We want more. So in our, in our super spiritual mindset, you look at them and say, what arrogance. Who do they think they are? Walking up to God's servant Joshua, the man that walked up the mountain with Moses, the man that was more intimately in relationship with Moses than any other human on the face of the earth, spiritually speaking. And they're walking up to God's man, Joshua, and saying, what you've allotted us is not enough. We are a great people for as much as the Lord hath blessed me hitherto. Joshua answered, if thou be a great people. Now Joshua gets the finger out and he starts waving it back. If you're a great people, then go up into the hill country into the, and cut down the wood trees, drive out the Perizzites and the giants. If Mount Ephraim be too narrow for thee. So if what I've given you isn't enough, go take what the Perizzites have. The children of Joseph said, the hill is not enough. So in other words, you're telling us to go cut the wood down, drive out the presence, but we got news for you. That's not enough for us. Hmm. And all the Canaanites dwell in the land of the valley have chariots of iron, both they who are of Bethshem and her towns and they who are of the valley of Jezreel. And Joshua spake to the house of Joseph, even to Ephraim and Manasseh, thou art a great people. Thou art a great people. Thou art a great people. Now we're talking one conversation in a matter of a few seconds. Joshua looks at him and said, if you're a great people, then go up into where the Perizzites are and possess it. They looked back and said, that's not enough. We've got to get the valley, but they, they've got chariots of iron and they've got this and they've got that. And he looks at him and he said, you know what? Your audacity has caused me to understand something. You are a great people. Then he begins to prophesy to them. He said, thou art a great people and you have great power. Thou shalt not have one lot only, but the mountain shall be thine. It is a wood and thou shalt cut it down and the outgoings of it shall be thine. In other words, we're going to get in the lumber business. And you're going to prosper from everything that you cut down in the mountain. And he says, for thou shalt drive out the Canaanites so they have iron chariots and though they be strong. So he went from saying to them as God's representative, if you're a great people, then get up 
to the mountain to drive out the Perizzites, they said, well, we got news for you, Joshua. That isn't even enough. And when they said that, he said, you are a great people. Now, we would be looking at them in our mental, uh, carnal mindset and say, how arrogant. Who do they think that they are? How uh, they're, they're, they're getting in the man of God's face and saying, what you have offered us is not enough. But what happened was, instead of that happening, the man of God looked at him and said, oh, I guess you are a great people. And I don't think the problem is asking God for more. I think the problem is we settle for too less. I believe we step back and we say, oh God, we're so grateful for what you've released into our life and we're so thankful for what you released, which is the way we ought to be. But that doesn't mean we sit down and say, this is it. They didn't say, you gave us one lot. We're gonna be humble and we're gonna accept it. They said, bless God, we need more. And I believe there's a generation of sons and daughters of God that are getting ready to rise up on the scene, not out of arrogance, not out of egotism, not after self-drive or self-accomplishment, but for the purposes of the kingdom, they're gonna rise up and say, wait a minute, I believe I can handle more. I believe I can deal with more. I believe I can cut down the woods on the mountain, defeat the enemy in the valley, and enlarge my life to be more blessed than I've ever been before and I believe, only believe God has targeted you for more. It's easy to sit back. It's easy to settle back. It's easy to just say, you know, when you ask God for more, you have just increased your headaches. When you ask him for more, also ask him for a big bottle of anison or something that'll handle migraines because uh, my father-in-law said this to me years ago, shortly after my wife and I were married, probably about 40 years ago, my father-in-law looked at me and he said, Tim, you get paid for every headache you take on in life. He said, so always make sure you got some aspirin nearby. Because if you're going to succeed, you're going to have stress. If you succeed, you're going to have pressure. If you succeed, you're going to have headaches. If you succeed, you're going to have challenges. And it would be real easy for your pastor to have settled in to say, you know, we have a nice church and we've got a good group of people. Why do I want to worry about all these other nations? It would have been real easy to say, well, I preach to a good congregation on Sunday. Why do I want to worry about television outreach? Why do I want to worry about starting up other churches but there was something driving him on the inside believing that he needed to do more for the kingdom and you know what those challenges came to his spirit he responded to them and that didn't mean that they were headache free but it did mean that he had to take the challenge of the Holy Spirit and move forward in it. And in doing it came headaches. In doing it came stress. In doing it came pressure. In doing it came opposition. In doing it came battles. In doing it, it came demonic warfare. All of it came at 
him. But there's something about laying your head down at the end of the day and saying, I didn't settle for mediocrity. I took the mountain, I took the valley, and I possessed everything that God put in my spirit to possess. You have to rise up and say, I am built for more. Oh, somebody give God a shout. 1 Chronicles 4, 9, and 10. This is a very familiar portion of scripture. And the Bible said, And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And I preached out of this scripture many, many times and preached to you out of it many times. But I just want you to go back there. And I want you, at some point in your personal Bible studies, read all the verses that are before that. And you will realize that what it is is one of those genealogies that we get into in scripture that so-and-so begat so-and-so who begat so-and-so who begat so-and-so and we don't ever read it because it is really boring. But the interesting part of the fourth chapter of First Chronicles in the ninth verse is that when he got to Jabez and the Holy Spirit, how many believe the Holy Spirit authored the entire Bible? So when the Holy Spirit caused the writer of First Chronicles to get to what we call the ninth verse, he got to Jabez and it said, and Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. And Jabez was more honorable than his brethren. Now he was named Jabez because his mother bore him an incredible pain and incredible suffering and incredible heartache. I don't know if you remember the old Johnny Cash song, The Boy Named Sue. Well, my daddy left home when I was three, and it didn't leave much to my ma and me except this old guitar and an empty bottle of Coca-Cola. Well, I didn't blame him because he run and hid, but the meanest thing that he ever did is before he left, he went and named me Sue. That's an old, old song, but this, it's this whole story of this poor child that got named Sue. Now, in our transitional society, probably everybody would think that was a really cool song. Might make it an anthem. But uh, right over your head on that one. <laughs> but see, the thing is, Jabez was named Jabez because his mother bore him in sorrow. You know, we're always trying to blame somebody else for our inability to be what God's called us to be. And so she named him Jabez because she bore him in pain and suffering and sorrow. So his name, everywhere he went. Can you imagine if, uh, if you know, there's a lot of strange names that I hear about now that people are naming their kids. You ought to do baby dedications compared to 25 years ago. Uh, I have to have a linguist help me enunciate the names of most of the children now. But uh, can you imagine if, if somebody had a child and they had a, a difficult pain in childbirth and, or maybe they, they had depression before the baby was born and they named the child pain and depression? Oh God, we lift up little pain and depression Jones to you tonight. We lift up a little trouble to you tonight. We dedicate little trouble, little trouble and trauma to you tonight, oh God. Oh, we lift up a little rejection to you tonight because mama was rejected while she carried little rejection. I, I, I mean, 
in this, in a sense, that's what she did to Jabez. She labeled him as the cause of pain and suffering and sorrow and, and, and all that she labeled him as. But Jabez didn't let it stop him. And I know you've read the, the prayer of Jabez. It's just two verses. But the thing is that Jabez, the Bible says, was more honorable than his brother. And he refused to let his label or what somebody thought about him stop him from greatness in his life. And so he declared unto the Lord, she said, uh, and Jabez was more honorable than his brother, and his mother called his name Jabez because she, I bear him with sorrow. The 10th verse says this, and Jabez called on the God of Israel, oh, that thou wouldst bless me indeed and enlarge my coast. Now what he said right there is I want more. And then it went on and said, and that thine hand might be with me and that thou wouldst keep me from evil, that it might not grieve me. And God granted him that which he requested. God is not ready to tell you no. God is ready to say yes to you. No, you didn't hear what I said. I said, God is not ready to tell you no. God is ready to say yes to you. I'm Trinitarian. I'm going to say it one more time. God is not ready to tell you no. God is ready to say yes to you. Because what God did when Jabez said enlarge my coast, what did the Lord do? He said yes. What happened with the tribes of Ephraim and Manasseh? God didn't say no to them. God said yes. God said you want more? Yes. God said you want the hill country? Yes. God said you want the valley with all the chariots of iron to defeat the Canaanites? Yes. You want more? You want your coastline enlarged? Here's my response. Yes. 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 God's ready for some of you to bust out in the balance of the final days of 2017 and God is not holding up a big red sign that says stop or no. God is holding up a green go light. He's holding up a sign that says yes. He's holding up a sign that says now is the time. Move with it. In me you live. In me you move. In me you have your being. God is not ready to say no to only believe. God is ready to say yes to only believe. God is not ready to say no to you. God is ready to say yes to you. Hmm. Almost done. Almost done. I know you don't believe me. But my intentions are good. Exodus 34, 24. Exodus chapter 34, verse 24. And he says this, I will cast out the nations before thee and enlarge thy borders or enlarge thy coast. Neither shall any man desire thy land when thou shalt go up to appear before the Lord thy God thrice in the year. So what's he saying? All right, here's my word to you. I'm gonna enlarge your borders. I'm going to enlarge your borders. And I will drive out anything that would try to stop you from more. My word to you is yes. Yes and more. And I will drive out anything that's trying to stop the enlargement from happening. 
And I'm here to prophesy to you. And I wish I could lay hands on everybody and prophesy over everybody personally. But if you'll hear what the Lord has given me for you, God is holding up a big sign that says yes. And God is holding up another one that says more. And if you will just grab that and put your name on it, I believe some things are going to shift in the year of 2017. I know we're a little bit halfway, a little bit over halfway through it, but I'm believing God that some miracles are going to start manifesting for you and for your family. I'm not just talking about it economically. I'm talking about it in your ministry. I'm talking about it in the spiritual overflows of your life. He said, I've come that you might have life and have it more abundantly or superfluously or overflowing. I am here to tell you the God of more is your God. Tomorrow night we go dig into what God will do in your hard places. Wednesday night, I want you to grab hold of something. There is a prophecy. There is a prophecy that has already been spoken over your life that is going to speak into existence a miracle of blessing in 2017 because the God of more has already uttered the commanded blessing for your future. If you believe it, shout yes. Exodus 3.8 it said I'm moving you into a good and a spacious land. I'm moving you into a good and a spacious land. God wants you to have some room to move around. God wants you to have some extra for your life. But if all we believe that God has for our future are stop signs and no's, then it becomes our excuse to settle in and accept less. I believe really the sin, the sin is not asking for more. The sin is settling for less. Because I believe that God does hold us accountable for the true aggressive determination that we have in faith to do greater things for the kingdom of God. Like I said, everybody in the ministry could just kind of, and ministry is what I do, and being in pastoring a church and traveling, it's really easy to just sit back and say, okay, this is good. You know, uh, this church, my church, we're in the top 95 percentile of churches in America. The average church size in America, I think, is under 150 people. But, uh, our church, as this church is, is probably, I would say, in the top 95 percentile. It'd just be real easy to say, you know, that's, that's pretty good. And it is. But when you're truly anointed of the Lord, there's something that drives you. And it, it's, it's almost like a, a, spiritual, a, a spiritually motivated discontent to settle for less. And I've talked to your pastor. I, I, I sometimes shake my head. I say, why do you go into some of the places that you go? I mean, you know, it's one thing if you're just doing a European tour, you know, preaching in Rome and Paris and, uh, you know, London and doing all the, the nice places. No, he goes into places and he can't even pronounce the name of where he preached. 
you know, and goes into some of these, uh, some of these third world areas, puts his life at risk, has to have armed guards, a militia, an army to protect him when he goes in and preaches. And, and then he asks you to go with him. And it's like, why? Because there's something inside of him. And I said, why do you do that? Because I said, I want to see more people get saved. I want to see uh, Muslims be converted. I want to see sick bodies get healed. What's he saying? I want to do more for the kingdom of God. I remember uh, Marilyn Hickey was with us one time. It's a little joke between us. And so she was, uh, she was getting ready to go to Pakistan. And this was shortly after 9-11. And uh, there was a lot of, as there is still today, a lot of terrorist activity naturally in Pakistan. And, and I said, Marilyn, I said, don't you feel that it, it might be a little dangerous to go into Pakistan? I said, you as a, a lady and, and all of that. And she says, you know, I can't think of a greater honor than to be a martyr for the kingdom. And I said, well, that's great. You know, I said, Let's. and she said, you know, in my death, in my death, others would come to Jesus. And I said, well, that's, that's great, Marilyn. I, I'm, I'm glad to hear that. And so a few months later, she says, I would really love to have you uh, go with me in one of my crusades. I said, I ain't going anywhere with you. And she, she looked at me like, well, what have I done wrong? You know, do I have bad breath or, uh, you know, what's the problem here? And I said, Marilyn, you want to be a martyr. I don't. And uh, she said, what are you talking about? So I reminded her of the conversation we had and she started laughing. She said, well, I still want you to go with me. I said, well, when you go to Hawaii or... Uh, you know, someplace like that, I might, I might come along and help you out a little bit. But I'm not going into one of these terrorist-ridden places with you because you want to be a martyr. Your pastor goes into these places and he has to have armed guards protect him. And why does he go? Because he wants to see the lost saved. He wants to see the sick healed. And he's not just going to sit back and say, well, you know, I've accomplished a lot in my years of ministry. And I have, I'm a doctor now. And, and I have all sorts of accolades attributed to my ministry. No, he's saying, God, where do you want me to go next? And it doesn't matter what the terror alert is in a particular country. He just says yes, and he goes. There's a drive to do more. And this is what the nature of God will do on the inside of you, that you stop thinking about how does this bless me, and you start thinking about what can I do for the kingdom, and what can I do for future generations. Uh, the work of ministry comes to a point that you say God you've been good to me and you bless me your life comes to a point you have the car you want the house you want you have the things that you want but you can't stop at that point because what you have to realize that a good man leaves an inheritance for his children's children the more blessed you are the more blessed generations to come will be and the more blessed you are the more blessed the work of the kingdom can be because what happens your overflow becomes a resource to change lives in generations to come somebody needs to help me tonight so I want you to I want you to grab hold of something with me tonight God wants to do more for you 
and through you this year. And you need to get a Joseph spirit about you because that's what had infected Eph, the Ephraim and Manassas. Because they said, wait, hey, this isn't enough. And we would just simply look at them as, what's wrong with them doing that? But God didn't look at them like, what's wrong with you? He looked at them as, this is what's right with you. Jabez says, if you would bless me and enlarge my coast. You know what happens when you ask God to enlarge your coast? You ask for more stress, more problems, and more challenges. And not everybody willing to roll up their sleeves and take that on. But when there's kingdom purpose attached to it, God said, I'm going to say yes. I'm going to grant what they have requested. And God miraculously gave Jabez an enlargement. And he tells Moses, he said, listen, I'm going to drive out all your enemies. And I'm going to enlarge the coasts of this nation. I'm going to do this. And anything that tries to get in your way, I'm going to move it. You know what? We've got to, if we're going to see God move our enemies out of the way, we've got to be willing to step into a circumstance that demands that God move them. I don't think anybody heard me. What good does it do for God to move all your enemies if you won't get in the game? If you won't take the step? If you won't position yourself for God to miraculously intervene and activate favor for your future. But I believe 2017 is the year of more. Somebody give God a praise. <laughs> Hallelujah. I want you to begin to do something by Friday night. Uh, yeah, tonight's Wednesday. By Friday night... I'm going to preach on the commanded blessing. But I want you to, to just kind of take a moment and think about some things. What do you want to see increase in your life? Now, if you're Philip and you have a church, you're probably going to think, man, I want 100 more people in my church, which means you're going to have more headaches, more stress, more trauma, more drama, more funerals, you know, you know, but what, what do you want to put the more to? Doctor, what, what do you want to see be more in your life? It, it's going to be a different answer for everybody in this room. But I just want you, even if it's just one thing, just one thing, if it's a financial number, if, it's, uh, if you're a pastor and it's a number of people in your congregation, if it's in your business and you want to open another, uh, another store or a, a, another place to operate in, what is the more for your life in the last basically 159, 160 days of 2017? Are you going to look up at God and say, God, I, I want more? I need a yes from you. I want more. And I don't, I'm not looking for a red light, a stop sign. I'm looking for a yes. And this is what I am believing is going to be more in my life. We have not 
because we ask not. And you know what? You can be grateful for everything that you have and still believe God for more. I walk through our facility in Denver and I am so grateful for the great church facility that we have to worship in. But it doesn't stop me believing God for more. Your pastor, like I said, can look back at all the great outpourings of the Holy Spirit, all the bodies that were healed, all the souls that were saved, all the lives that were changed in multiples of nations across the world. But that doesn't, he can be grateful for all that, but that doesn't stop him believing God for more. You can look out at your congregation, Philip, and say, I thank God for every one of these headaches that I have in my church. Every, I mean, every one of these people that I have, everybody, uh, you know, there was a day you probably just hoped uh, if, if your wife had listened to you preach, but now you've got a whole congregation that loves you and respects you and, and, and is hanging on the revelatory word that you give them. And you can be thankful for that, but as you're thankful for it, you can still believe God for more. LD, you've had all these years of ministry and all the lives that have been changed and touched through the, the, the many years that you've served God. And you can be thankful for everything that God has done in your yesterdays, but still believe for more. Every business person that's in this place, you can look back and you can thank God for all the blessings and all the breakthroughs and all the financial increases and all the miracles and all the good things that God has done for you and still believe for more. That doesn't make you greedy. That just means you're going to look up to heaven and say, God, would you just enlarge my coast? Would you just overflow me one more time? Would you just make a way where there seems to be no way? Lord, I know I'm in this season of my life, but I just like one more yes from you. I just like one more open door. I just like one more time you to open up the windows of heaven and pour me out a blessing that there's not room enough to contain. I just like you to do it one more time. I just like you to make 2017 a year to remember in my life. And if you one of those people I wish you'd give God a shout of victory tonight hallelujah hallelujah tomorrow night I'm going to talk about more from the hard place and then Friday I want to talk to you about a commanded blessing there's some you don't even realize it. You've already got the word. How many have debit cards? No, come on. Let me see your hands. I don't know what pastor is going to do Sunday. He's going to give out credit cards. Praise God. Thrusting your people into debt. How shameful. How many have debit cards? Let me see you. Come on. How many? How many? All right. Now, what do you have to have when you put it in an ATM machine? A what? A PIN number. I'll talk to you about something Friday. God's already spoken the PIN number to you. But some of you are like all these things. You got what's your password, then what's your, you, you ever know, it's like everything's got a password and everything's, and you can't remember all of them. But God has spoken your PIN word to you, and it's getting ready to activate more. And there is a God said and a commanded blessing that's already over your life and you're getting ready to activate it this year. And something good, as Oral Roberts would say, something good is going to happen to you. 
Praise God. Lift your hands up all over the house. I want to pray for a few people tonight. Come on, just, just for about 60 seconds. If you're filled with the Holy Spirit with the evidence of tongues, I wish you for about 60 seconds to just pray in the Holy Ghost. Because God's getting ready to loose a wave of glory over this house. Come, Holy Spirit, walk these aisles right now. Remove burdens, destroy yokes. I rebuke depression. I speak to the mountain of fear, and I command that it be made a plain. I speak to the mountain of heaviness, and I command that it be made a plain. I declare joy over this house. I declare peace over this house. God, I rebuke the devourer. I rebuke the destroyer. I rebuke the spirit of infirmity. I come against every mountain that would stand before your sons and daughters tonight. And I declare these mountains be made a plain in the name of Jesus. Come on, give him one more good praise. Give him glory tonight. Give him glory tonight. Give him glory tonight. Give him glory tonight. Give him a shout tonight. Come on, church. Stir yourself in the spirit. Stir yourself in the anointed. Stir yourself in the power and in the presence of God. Stir your gifts that are in you. Stir and stoke the flames of your faith in Jesus' name. God, right now, right now. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, 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 hallelujah. Man, the Holy Ghost is walking these aisles right now. Fear's breaking off many of you. Depression is breaking off of you. Sickness is breaking off many of you tonight. God, I declare financial yokes are beginning to break. I rebuke the devourer in the name of Jesus. And the Lord would say unto the house tonight, Prepare thyself, prepare thyself. For did I not command my people to dig the ditches deep? And I was getting ready to create an overflow. I say there is a digging of ditches that is getting ready to happen. And I'm getting ready to fill them up to an overflowing. Lack shall leave thee. Loss shall leave thee. The barricade shall be moved. And I shall begin to create a spiritual overflow. A financial overflow. An emotional overflow. Your joy shall overflow saith God. Your peace shall overflow, saith God. Your finances shall overflow, saith God. And I shall move the barriers that have stood before thee, saith the Lord. And no weapon formed against thee shall prosper, saith the Lord of hosts. Somebody bless God. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Come here, I got to pray. This is your wife, isn't it? 
bring both of you come you know when you you preach in a church as many times as I have preached here I know I prayed with you on numerous occasions so it was like the Lord kept saying go pray for me so I'm thinking Lord now I prayed for this guy like almost rubbed all the hair off his head and it was like the Lord wouldn't release me from it because the, this, the next, basically, between now and the end of this year, there's gonna be some things, there's gonna be some breakthroughs that are gonna begin to happen for you, son, that you're gonna know you didn't do it. The Lord did it. But there is an oil of the Holy Ghost is getting ready to drip down through your beard, you might say. Drip down from the crown of your head to the soles of your feet. And God said, I'm getting ready to move some barriers and some mountains that have been standing in front of you. And you feel like you've been pushing on a heavy brick wall. And it's like, God, is this thing ever gonna budge? Is it ever gonna move? And the Lord said, you're getting ready to hear from me. Lord said, I'm going to change you from reacting in the business term would be to being proactive. And you have been reacting to some circumstances. And your reaction has almost caused you to be paralyzed. The old cliche would be stuck in the mud. But you felt like, God, I'm just stuck. I'm not, I'm not moving backwards, but I'm not moving forward. And the Lord said, because in your thought processes, you are reacting. And you had this in one ear and this in another ear and then this in this ear and this in that. And I, I'm just spilling out what the Holy Ghost would give. And the Lord said, instead of you aggressively going after what you know God is saying to do, you kind of you stopped. Not out of rebellion, really not out of fear, but God said out of a reaction. God said, I'm getting ready to change the light from red to green. Are you ready to push on the accelerator? I'm getting ready to, I'm, I'm saying yes. I've been saying yes, but you haven't heard me because you've been hearing all this other. And God said, if you will place yourself into a place to just listen to me, I'm gonna give you direction. And all this frustration, this has been a frustrating six months for you. God said the frustration is going to turn to faith and the faith is going to move mountains. Now the whole thing is, she's been telling you some of this. And God said, I'm here, I have heard your prayers, your cries, and your intercession. But God said to tell you, Quit dotting the I's and crossing the T's and just trust me. Because I'm getting ready to tear down some barriers. I'm getting ready to bring a breakthrough. Son, you got a fire on the inside of you that burns white hot. 
and you've got something on the inside of you that you cannot calmly manifest it at different times. There's, a, there's, there's an explosiveness because you know had it not been for the power and the presence of God, the mess you would be in today. You realize the hell God brought you out of and inside of you it's like there's this swirling cyclone you might say this wanting to be released and you are trying to uh, cut up the meat as tiny as you can cut it up and, but God's saying get ready I'm getting ready to let a torrent river begin to flow out of you and burdens are going to be moved and yokes are going to be destroyed and there's a new day getting ready to dawn hear me there is a new day getting there is a new day getting ready to dawn there will be a door open that no man can shut there will be a gate of heaven open there will be a window of heaven open and the faith is going to ignite in both of you and you're not going to be afraid to be hurt you're not going to be afraid to be disappointed you're going to say bless God I'm going to do what God raised me up to do and no weapon formed against me shall prosper because God has declared it is a year of more God has said yes God's changed the light from red to green it is a new season and from the crown of your head to the new anointed you look healthy and you look strong but God said virtue is getting ready to flow through your body the complications you have been dealing with God said they're getting ready to break off of you you're going to feel like about 15 years have rolled off the calendar be well in the name of Jesus somebody praise God somebody praise God with me Somebody praise God with me. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come here. You, you in the pink golf shirt. Come here. You behind him. Come here. You three men. Stay with me. Some of you I prayed with enough times that I can see I've rubbed a lot of the hair off your head. But uh, I... I hear God, this thing's hitting me strong tonight. I hear God saying yes. I hear God saying yes. And I don't understand this. Because I don't know what any of you guys do. I know you all by sight, but not really even by name. I know you by sight. I know your faithfulness. I know you're like trees planted in this house. But the Lord is saying something to me very strongly. This is the dawning of a new season. And there are some deep-rooted dreams inside of all three of you. This is why I called you all three down. There are deep-rooted dreams inside of you. And the Lord is saying yes. The Lord is saying yes. Jabez wouldn't have had his coast enlarged if he wouldn't have asked to enlarge him. There wouldn't have been an increase for Ephraim and Manasseh if they wouldn't have walked into the face of Joshua and said, we want more. And every one of you have a vision for souls. Every one of you have a desire to see the kingdom of God advance. But the big battle you all three face is there is a level of what you are capable of doing, but you want to do more. I'm talking about more in your giving. I'm talking about more in how you can impact people's lives. And this is not 
not your season, any one of you, to sit back and say it's time to get my lazy boy recliner and my remote, uh, and my remote control. No, God is saying I'm getting ready to renew your strength. I'm getting ready to renew your youth. I'm getting ready to revive and, re and raise you three up and there's going to be a financial miracle that is going to be released into your lives that you can do more for the kingdom, more for your families, more in the work of the kingdom. I see virtue flowing through your body, sir. You look like you could whip me with one hand tied behind your back, but I got news for you. Healing is getting ready to flow through your body and some of the things that you have almost accepted, I'm going to have to live with this. God saying, no, you're not. I'm getting ready to move the mountain of infirmity and strength is being renewed. Health is being renewed. Your youth is going to be renewed and they are going to look at you and say, what's happened? But God said it's time for a yes. It's time for a yes. It's time for a yes, saith the Lord. Somebody praise God. Hallelujah. Come on and praise him. Come on and praise him tonight. Come on and praise him tonight. Come on and praise him tonight. He Glory to God. Glory to God. Come here, son. You and the, whatever color that is. And come with him. You might as you. Go on down to the front. Glory to God. Lord said there's some young lions in this church that are getting ready to get loosed. Uh, I need to pray for you. Praise the Lord. Come on down with me. Praise the Lord. Stay with me in the Holy Ghost. Uh, praise God. Come here, son. I want to pray for you. Uh, you might as well get down there too. You, you just, you're, you're ready. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Glory to God. Come here, son. You and the, what is that? American Eagle. That's a good one. Praise the Lord. Come here. Come here. Lord, there's a whole new generation that God's getting ready to activate and is getting ready to raise up from one coast of this country to the other. There is a whole new generation of young men that God is getting ready to pour the oil on them. He's getting ready to activate the fire in them. Here you are in Ohio. Here you are, not in a major city in America, but you are here. And from this place, God is going to begin to use every one of you in a supernatural way. The gifts of God are going to be activated in all of your lives. There's healing that's going to begin to flow out of you. But I saw something in the spirit. God said there is a delivering anointing that is going to be upon you gentlemen. You're going to pray for young men in your generation that are oppressed by the powers of hell. We have got a generation that one of the biggest battles they're fighting. They have no idea what direction they want to go in. It's like there's no vision. There is no drive. There is no direction. But God said, I'm going to put a God said in every one of your mouths. And it's going to
going to happen at the workplace. It's going to happen in schools. It's going to happen in neighborhoods. And every one of you are going to be raised up. And I'm just touching you, but there's a whole, there's a whole remnant of young men like you that's going to start popping up in this church. And they're going to take this anointed that has been upon the man of God in this house. And you're going to go to the north, south, east, and west in different ways. And miracles are going to happen. You are primed and you are ready, my friend, to get busy to do more for the kingdom of God. There's something burning on the inside of you and you don't quite know what to do or which way to go sometimes but the Lord said just call out and say God I want more. I want more. I want more. You're going to touch your generation. There's a passion inside of you. You're a passionate young man. you got a desire to make a difference and you're going to make it. You have a compassion in heart son you have mercy for the broken hearted it's like excuse me you're the guy that will bring home the stray dog but you're not going to be bringing home stray dogs you're going to be changing lives that everybody else is given up on there's a prophetic anointing that's on you young man and the power of the spoken word is going to begin to come out of your mouth God's giving you a great mind son and he's going to anoint your thoughts with the spirit of wisdom and as the wisdom of God is activated you're going to get ideas there's even an entrepreneurial anointing upon you and you're going to begin to prosper supernaturally you're ready and may I, may I just say this simply to you since you're a little boy you have known there was something unique God wanted to do with your life well get ready in the next 160 days of this year God is getting ready to activate faith in you that will move mountains. I want every born again Holy Ghost man and woman to stretch your hands this way. God, I declare from the crown of their heads to the souls in the name of Jesus of Nazareth. I loose and I activate the gifts and the power of God. Your hands are going to touch young people. Your hands are going to touch college age young men. You're going to impart the power of the Holy Ghost. People will get filled people are going to get delivered there's a power anointing on you Jesus of Nazareth touch him right now you ready son God said focus is coming to you focus is coming Jesus mighty name I declare out of your belly is going to start flowing rivers of life that God said is going to start coming out of your mouth saith the Lord somebody give God praise hallelujah Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Nikki, pastor started bragging on the team tonight about how God has been giving you the sound of only believe. And I, would, I, I will give you a simple word, more. It's getting ready to come. It's getting ready to come fast. It's getting ready to come uh, it's kind of like the difference between having one baby or having multiples. It, it'll be like you'll birth one new piece of music and right behind it will come another one and right behind it will come another one and right behind it will come another one. Uh, and it, 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 it's like 
it's almost I see it in the spirit is one person is going to begin to get lyrics but the other person is going to get the sound and it's going to start being there's a creative spirit that's going to sweep over this platform and it's going to infect every person that's on this team positioned by God but God's saying more 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 music more creativity more of the sound that is perfectly adjusted to this house and it's coming between now and the end of this year the only way I can say get ready for multiples to get birth somebody give God a shout tonight hallelujah hallelujah come here Philip bring your wife come here son bring bring your wife she has to put up with you now you pastor in Kenton and you pastor where Urbana I declare more I declare more stress because that means more people I declare a heavier burden I declare the weight that you're up under is going to increase that you will do more for the kingdom of God and I declare you're up for the challenge I declare you are up for the challenge. Some people I look at and say they can't handle nothing. But you two couples can handle a lot more. And God's going to begin to open up the windows of heaven and pour out more on you. There's going to be greater revelation come out of your preaching. God's going to show you things in the spirit realm. And you're going to begin to preach it. And God said no fear. Because there's a big yes that I have been flashing the green light. And miracles are going to start breaking they're going to start happening and you're getting ready to see something that you asked God for at the end of 2016 there's something you've been believing for in your church this year God said get ready you got basically 160 more days and in those 160 days you're going to see mountains move and miracles happen and finances be released and doors be open and God said fear not I say Yes. I say yes to your future. Yes to your anointing. Yes to a greater revelation. Yes to a greater stirring of the gifts. Sick bodies being healed. Bound people being delivered and oppressed. Marriages being healed. Saith the Lord of hosts this night. More, 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 more. I declare a supernatural financial release in your church. I declare from sources that you would never come. I don't understand this but I see a check being put in your hand from somebody that's not even attending the church to help you fulfill the dream and the vision that God has given you and the apostle over the house. God said more. It's not a year of less. It is a year of more. And the Lord said, don't doubt yourself, Philip. Believe in who I declare you to be. Yes, the world would say you're a Jabez. The world would say this and that and the other. I say you are well able to fulfill what I have put before you and it shall be a year of more saith the Lord somebody praise God hallelujah hallelujah oh can somebody shout yes that's what God's saying to you he's saying yes glory to God glory to God stay with me I'm I'm going to get you out of here early so you'll come back, or at least by my standards. I declare virtue through your body, mother. 
I don't know what this is all about, but I declare strength be renewed in you and you're going to feel better than you've felt in about a year. And I declare the spirit of infirmity is broken and health is flowing through your body right now in the name of Jesus. I saw God's hand over your heart and over your lungs. I don't know what's going on, but get ready. You're going to feel your strength renewing over the next few days. Has everybody got the victory tonight? Hallelujah. 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 Come on. Blessing tonight. Blessing tonight. Blessing and more, LD. More. 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 I just, just kick the walls. Bust out of it. I want you to go back in that segment in Joshua and I want you to look at it. Because in the hill country, to get their breakthrough, they had to cut the trees down. Then in the valley, to get the breakthrough, they had to defeat the Canaanites with the chariots of iron. And it, within a matter of a moment, God changed the declaration, if you're a great people, to where thou art a great people. You have been a great man of God for a long time and it don't matter what anybody says that doesn't change who you are I this just occurred to me but I cannot I cannot remember the articulation of it but Jacob's wife who died in childbirth she declared the name of the child to be one thing which had a horrible horrible interpretation to it but when Jacob picked up the child he said this child is Benjamin this child is Benjamin and that had a total different revelated positive meaning and the Lord said I declared you Benjamin when others declared you other things. But now is my time of more. Now is my time of more. And I just see a great big green light and a big neon yes. And if I didn't preach this for anybody, I preached it for you because there's a big yes standing in front of you right now somebody give god a praise hallelujah hallelujah did anybody get anything out of this tonight if you did give god one more good praise okay you can be you can be seated for just a moment i'm going to receive the offering and if you've been in my meetings before, you kind of understand how I do things and how God leads me. And it's not that I just get up here and kind of take a guess at it. I just really pray. And what I want, when, you, when I preach a word, a prophetic word, I believe part of the key to activating that word is to get into agreement with it and say, I really believe that was from God. 
And I believe one of the ways that we posture ourselves to be in agreement with the word is in our giving. And I am asking God, and my prayer was when I was in the hotel room for a brief period of time tonight, God, do this between now and activate things between now and the end of the year. I don't know what God's got to do for some of you, but that's why I'm saying, I want you to really prayerfully ask, where do you want to put more or see more in your life? You know, Doc, you, you have a practice. Do you want more patience or do you want more opportunities to share things with other physicians? Or what, well, What's the more for your future and family? I can't answer that for you. And it's going to be different than my friend down here. And different than the man and woman of God across the aisle. But by Friday, I want you to grab that thing in the spirit. Because I'm going to show you some things about a commanded blessing. But I said, God, what do you want me to do in this meeting? There's basically 160 days left in this year. And I want you to believe God with me between now and January 1. This isn't something that I haven't done in the past. But I, I want you to get focused on something. We're past the halfway mark of the year. But I believe the second half of this year, if you will cause your faith to rise and believe God for more, I believe God will do it. And that's different for every one of you. If it's finances, it could be a different financial amount. If it's in your career, that can be a completely different thing from your neighbor. Your more is yours. The Bible talks in Revelation that he'll open a door that no man can shut, but that door has your name on it. And when he opens a door to you, son, that no man can shut, he puts your name on it. And that's not anybody else's door but yours. But somewhere, I'm bringing some things to you by the Spirit that I believe is going to help you target your faith. Target your faith by targeting a seed. And I'm going to ask for everybody in this building that believes that this can be the balance of this year, can be a season of more. That you'll sow either tonight, tomorrow, Friday, $160 seed. And that's all I'm going to say about it. And if you believe God has spoken a word to you, quit worrying about everybody else in the building. If you feel what I preached tonight was for you and you believe God can do it for you, then I challenge you to stretch out in obedience or in sacrifice and obey God either tonight, tomorrow, Friday with a $160 seat. That's basically what's left of the year. And if God's dealing with you, get out of your seat and meet me down here right now. And we'll take one minute. I'd like to get you out of here by around, right about nine. If you're coming, come quickly. And you don't have to have a check ready. You don't have to have your debit card ready. You don't have to have one of those only believe credit cards, whatever it might be, whatever it is. Just come on. Just come on. Come quickly. Don't make me take five minutes because I got to wait on you to meander down here. You ought to jump and run. Praise God. Come quickly. God's going to do something in this house. I'm believing God for some things to happen before the year's over. I think if we don't put our faith, I just don't want to put God on the timetable. I think sometimes you just got to lose your faith and say, God, I need a breakthrough. 
You know, the Bible, when, when people are in trouble, they called out to God and said, God, quickly, I need you to quickly do some things. I want everybody in this house, stretch your hands toward these people, these men and women of God, and we're gonna believe God. Father, in the name of Jesus, business people, ministry, people that truly love you and love the work of the kingdom. God, I believe that you are gonna release something into their lives in a supernatural way for their businesses, for their ministries, for their families, for their futures. And God, we believe you to do it. And I declare favor be upon them. And I declare the windows of heaven open. And I declare God in Jesus' name that the devourer is rebuked for them and for their family in Jesus' name. And everybody said, amen. You can slip back to your seat. I want everybody to prepare a seed tonight if you would to be a blessing to the work of the kingdom. And we're going to believe God and just believe that we have an overflow financially in the next couple, three nights. It can be a blessing to the work of the kingdom. Uh, I want to... There's just something that hit me and Pastor talked about the scripture tonight about opening up the windows of heaven. Do you ever stop and think... He said, I will open up the windows of heaven if, but it says, prove me with your tithe and offerings and see if I'll not open up the windows of heaven. There's only one way to open the windows of heaven is with your tithe or with your offerings. So when you sow an offering, what you're doing is you are opening the window. And you can look at that window in the faith, faith realm, say, God, I declare that window open. I declare that window of heaven open. I declare that floodgate open. And God said, that's not going to move it. But when you prove me by giving, that's what opens it. So if you're one of these people tonight that have made a move in faith, I believe it's going to begin to bring an opening to that window. And you say, well, the the best I can do tonight is to sow a $20 offering or a $50 offering or whatever it may be. Praise God. Then do it and give that which honors God tonight. And I believe the window of heaven will open. And I'm believing for it this year for you. Praise God. Let's lift our offerings up to heaven right now. Father, in the name of Jesus, I declare the blessing of God upon every seed that is sown tonight. I declare every partner that has stood with us in this faith action, I declare that blessing will be activated. And God, I declare in the name of Jesus that no weapon formed against any man or any woman will prosper. Thank you, God, for every person that's taken time out of their life to be with us tonight. And I pray they'll be with us tomorrow and Friday. And I believe for breakthroughs in Jesus' name. And everybody said, Amen.